With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers' afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, how great would it be if we just had Brandon Rossi on every episode to just do the voiceover? Live. Whoever our guest was as well, just yeah, live. That'd be great. Just that'd be awesome. We need to we need to make a lot of money so that we can afford to just have like a like our own personal Rod Roddy who just you know introduces every guest. Jeff Hartman from Fans First Sports Network. Come on down. You're the next guest on Riding shotgun, Riding shotgun on Steelers Afternoon Drive with Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Jeff, welcome. Thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Smitty, um, Alan, it's, it's the off season, Smitty. It's the off yeah, season. Just, I, I don't know where where we at. Were we looking forward to the off season? Or like, because I, I saw a lot of people on Twitter yesterday saying like they couldn't wait for the season to be over. Um, I don't know where I fell in that camp, but a lot of people are like, oh no, this is the last game of the season. Like, we really got to cherish it. Other people are like, oh, I can't wait for the season to be over. Like, where were you guys at with that? I'll tell you, I'm glad I don't have to listen to Tony Romo again for a while. I, I'm okay. I'm pretty done with Tony Romo for like a solid seven months. I'm I'm good with that. As far as football, yeah, I'm I'm a miss it. <laughs> I agree with you with the Tony Romo talk. That guy, I've I've never been a Tony Romo fan. Year one was kind of interesting as he was predicting plays and stuff. Since then, the shtick's gotten real old real quick. He doesn't shut up. I mean, how many times in the That's game the last night did he say, I would go for it here, Jim? It's like, no, you wouldn't. You would kick the field goal and you have Jim Nance, who's a golfer, saying, I don't know, Tony, I'd probably take the points. And what do they do? They take the points and it ends up working out in their favor. <laughs> I, I just don't know. Like, the Tony Romo stuff, I could have a whole show for you on my hatred towards some commentators. Not all of them are bad, by the way, but I've, I'm not a Tony Romo guy. But as for the offseason, I think the Steelers fans have been like, okay, let's get to it. You know, the Super sure. Bowl's over. Now we're officially getting ready for the new league year in March. Then we're getting ready for the draft in April. It's just the next stepping stone. They want to get back to business as soon as possible. I did think it was funny real quick on the Romo to add my two cents into the Romo stuff here. I thought it was very funny. There's like six seconds left in the fourth quarter. Right before that, Romo specifically said if there's six seconds or more, he goes and he runs another play there before taking the field goal. It's at six seconds after the play, and he goes, no, you got to take the three here. You can't risk taking another play and not go to the end zone. Yeah, just change his mind on the fly. Um, I will say this about Tony. like I love his enthusiasm and his passion. I feel like it's great if you give me like the Browns against the Colts on like a 
mm. 1 p.m. kick in September that like I don't have another reason okay. to care about the game. I think he does add to the enter- entertainment, but like I think he he doesn't understand the like weight and gravity that a Super Bowl is supposed to have and the the way that you need to call that game differently seems to be beyond him at this point in his career. He, there's also a lot of competition out there now for former players that I think are better. Like Greg Olson. Greg is Greg Olson. Yeah. He's a yeah. million times better. And I guarantee you yeah. Tom Brady, as much as I hate that guy's guts is going to be better than Tony Romo too. When he takes over well, a box next year. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to think Tom is going to do. I'm going to be very interested to see that. I have a hard time thinking he's going to be better than Greg Olson, which is going to make yeah, things very yeah. Hard. I love I love Greg Olson. That's why, like, I get that it alternates back and forth, obviously with the Super Bowl and stuff. But like Greg Olson, year one, having him last year with Philly and KC, wish we would have had it again this year. Um, I, also, like, big shout out to SpongeBob and Patrick Starr, who I thought didn't. Um, I did have to. I did have to switch. I, I flipped over, over to Nickelodeon a couple bit. times just mm-hmm. to just to be rid of Tony. And I thought Thor they the were Explorer as the roles good. analyst. Yeah. The other one I'll give you is uh if you watch the Puppy Bowl, uh st- uh Steve Levy from uh Turner Sport called the Puppy Bowl and I'm like he was like giving it his all, man. It was like <laughs> it was like legit play by play. Like I was like all right, I'm kind of liking it. They had uh their NHL guys on the on the like halftime show whatever. It was like Army and mm. and Bissonette and uh yeah. it was solid. It was good times. I didn't tune into that at all. I didn't um, yeah, but Alan, I, I thought what you wrote was was interesting regarding the Super Bowl, and I think that it's like a conversation that we've had on here before. I've had with Tyler and around the four and two. I'm sure Jeff has thought about it a million times as well. Which is like, how can this not just the Steelers, but like everybody in the NFL, unless you have one of these alien quarterbacks like a Patrick Mahomes, like a Josh Allen, somebody that like can just create on their own when everything else around them goes to crap. How can you theoretically expect yourselves to be at that level or be able to compete with the types of Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, et cetera, et cetera? And, you know, I think that's a really interesting question that every team in the league right now is thinking about. I, I'll jump in here, Alan, if you want yeah. me to, since you wrote yeah, the article. And I I watched that game last night, and the one thing I kept thinking was, man, the Steelers are not even close. <laughs> it's, that's the only thing that came to my mind. Like, There's people out there that say, like, they're a quarterback away. Yeah, what kind of quarterback are you getting though that makes you a quarterback away? Is Kirk mm-hmm. Cousins a quarterback? I can't say I'm buying that. Justin Fields, not really buying that either. And so a lot of people that say that, I mean, you watch these quarterbacks, even Brock Purdy, call him a system quarterback, a game manager, whatever you want to call him. The dude played well. He didn't lose, they didn't lose because of Brock Purdy. If anything, sure, yeah. they lost because they got away from the running game too and too many times and then leaned on him too much. Brock Purdy did not lose the 49ers the Super Bowl yesterday. And I, I think that for the Steelers, I, I just don't see it like being that, okay, next year's the year. I still think it's going to be a couple years before we even have this discussion of an, in a legitimate fashion. I think the Steelers are in a position to put themselves, to say they are a quarterback away a year from now. Because I, I, I think the Steelers are a lot Fair closer enough. than people give them credit for. I mean, I think a big part of the storyline for this game, yeah, it's it's Patrick Mahomes, but it's the defenses. This was two elite defenses. And yep. yes, like great quarterback play is probably required to win this Super Bowl. But if you look at the teams that were there in the end, the Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, the Detroit Lions, the and the Kansas City Chiefs, four of the best six defenses in the league, I think, this year. I mean, that's... If you want to get there, you got to have a great defense. I think the Steelers' defense, if healthy and if they can add one or two pieces to the secondary, can be as good as those teams' defenses. 
if they improve the offensive line, I don't really think there's a big difference between the Steelers and say the Lions, right? In 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 this coming season, I, I don't think that the Lions are are overwhelmingly more talented than the Steelers are. Even though I think Jared Goff is a little bit better than Kenny Pickett, um, so I think they can get to that point to to get to the next part where you're an actual Super Bowl favorite. I think you got to have one of those quarterbacks. But I do think the Steelers can say if they go out there and they get a first, if they if they make a big splash in free agency, let's say they sign uh, Javon Johnson and they get a first round tackle and a second round center that both become starters and they have another draft just as good as last year's draft, we're going to be talking about the Steelers this time next year like all they need is a quarterback and they could be one of these teams. Yeah, I think that that's like the conversation is how many pieces away or is it just like the biggest piece, the quarterback is that far away? Well, I mean, the quarterback's always looks far away until you have it right i mean yeah like i mean you, did anyone think in 2003 that the steelers were real close to winning a super bowl no and then they drafted ben roethlisberger and they won 15 and won the next year like it's you know yeah. it's it's a it's a big deal when you get that piece and and the other thing i think is a myth that's out there is that you have to be bad to get it the kansas city chiefs the team that we're all talking about catching we're not bad. They traded up from 27 to 10 to draft Patrick Mahomes. You just have to find your guy and go get him. It doesn't, you don't need to be bad to go get a good quarterback. Well, I would say, Alan, let me ask you this question. Is this iteration of the Steelers that we're expecting in 2024, are they the Tommy Maddox Steelers? The team that's no. going to be really competitive and they're going to be fun to watch at times, maybe. And they're they're going to be like, you know, oh man, they could be in the playoffs and they could be fun. But ultimately, you know, deep down in places you don't talk about at parties, quote a few good men, that they're not going to win a Super Bowl. Not with that guy at quarterback. Yeah, I can see that. I can absolutely see that. So then you and, need that six, think, you need the six and ten. And and I think <laughs> I don't think they're gonna get to, I don't think they'll be six no, and ten. I think they'll be closer be to 10 or 11 wins than six. And that's, I don't think that's, a, see, I think, I think a lot of people are tied up in this, like you either have to be good or you have to be bad. And I, I think that's a misnomer. I think you keep building your team. And if you get to a point where the whole team is really good, except for the quarterback, well, that's when you push all your chips in and you go trade up into the top 10 and you go get your quarterback. It's, it's really not like the, the chief's exact blueprint is that they did not have that bad year or that string of tanking, like say the Bengals did right. to get to where they are. Um, neither did the Los Angeles Rams, right? They went out and they traded for, uh, you know, Ramsey and traded for Stafford and said, here we go. We're going all in right now. We're going to win it. And they did. Like, you don't have to follow the same path that people talk about all the time as the obvious one to get to where you want to go. So let me ask you something. The two, Like, San Fran was right there. You know, 10-point lead in this game. They're one stop in the fourth quarter or overtime. Either one away from winning the Super Bowl. And us not talking. That's that's true. Although I I feel like then like obviously Kansas, uh, Kansas, Kansas City wins it. Uh, that, that's yeah, a hot take. Yeah, but if they make that extra point, Kansas City wins it in regulation. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Mahomes does what he needs to do. If he would have needed to score a touchdown there, he would have scored a touchdown there. Um, yes. but San Fran obviously right there. So we're talking about Kansas City. But should we be looking at? Is it more feasible to try to build what San Francisco has as opposed to Kansas City? Well, that's a good question. I mean, like it's e it's easier to find the parts, right? I mean, comparatively, I mean, the Steelers already have a pretty good running back situation. Um, it's easier to get a good offensive line, build a good defense, uh, and, and, and do that. But but can you find a Cal Shanahan? I mean, I don't know. Like that's a very interesting question. Is what is it, what is more difficult, finding your Cal Shanahan 
or finding your Patrick Mahomes. There's really only one of each of those guys. Uh, there are certainly others that that come close, uh, you know, a Sean McVay or someone like that. But I honestly think it might be easier to find the quarterback than it is the coordinator. It's certainly easier once you find the quarterback to hold on to them because the Steelers, as a team with an established defensive head coach, if they go find a great offensive coordinator, they find the next Kyle Shanahan, they got that guy for two years and then he's going to get a head coaching job somewhere else. So, I mean, I think I think the, the Chiefs is actually a more workable blueprint for the Steelers. You have to have one or the other. You have to have that genius yeah. offensive mind play caller, whatever you want to call it, or you need to have the quarterback. You get them both. You have like an Andy Reid and a Patrick Mahomes. Well, you see what happens and you're always going to be competitive. Even a year when your, your team is pretty much down. And most would say that this is not the best year for the Kansas city chiefs. And yet they went back to back yeah. super bowls. And so you look at Brock Purdy. What's interesting is that you bring up the 49ers. A lot of people out there, if you follow 49ers Twitter every now and then, and that pops up on my timeline, they are not all in on Brock Purdy. They're all in on let's go get Kirk Cousins. We all know that Shanahan has a fascination with him dating back to Washington. So it's interesting. It's really interesting when Steeler fans think about this from different perspectives and they say, well, the San Francisco philosophy is not bad, but can we find ourselves a Brock Purdy? I'm kind of with Allen where if you have a quarterback that is worth it, trade up and get them, the question then becomes – What's worth it? Which quarterback's worth it? You've seen a lot of these quarterback prospects, even a class like the one that's coming up in 2024 that's very lauded, but I don't know if everyone, if any of these guys are like for sure, you know, it's not the 2004 draft, we'll put it that way. Yeah, I think Drake May is that guy, but what's it going to take to get to two where you would yeah. probably have to get two to feel like you're going to get them? Uh, I don't think it's the draft to make that kind of move. And I think a lot of... You know, Steelers fans here, Art Rooney, say urgency, and they think, oh, my God, this is it. He's going to go make a big move right now. And, like, you can feel that urgency and also recognize that there is no big move at the quarterback position that's very reasonable for the Steelers to be making right now. And that those other things that, that I was talking about, if you, if, you, if you figure out corner and you figure out offensive line, you're, you're, you're checking two boxes, right? You're giving yourself the path of the Detroit Lions, okay, which I, I honestly think is where the Steelers should be headed to, to try to emulate that for now, right, where not great quarterback play, dominant running game, good play action passing. I think Arthur Smith and Ben Johnson have a lot of similarities in terms of the way they call offense. Uh, and so I think like that's a, that's a very reasonable path. Now, the NFC is a little bit weaker than the AFC. You could argue the Lions wouldn't have as much success. They had to deal with Allen and Burrow and, and Lamar and all that. But I, I think – I think the Steelers are in a good position here to take a step forward with their whole team while giving Kenny Pickett one more chance to see if he can be the guy at quarterback and then setting themselves up to be able to make one big move in 2025 if they still feel like at that point they need a quarterback because it's just they still need too much now to push all those chips in. You can't go trade a first and a second for uh, a quarterback you can't go spend uh what was it reported 90 million dollars on kirk cousins ah it's just not gonna work under the cap right they've got a, they, they got one more really solid offseason i think to build the rest of this team up and then they can say well look kenny's not the guy we really need a quarterback here we go uh push it all in let's make that big splash let's trade up and go get our patrick mahomes yeah absolutely jeff while we have you on here how do you think that the quarterback room is going to shake out Yikes. I don't know. Um, I could, I could see so many different things happening. Like when you look at 
a name that I've heard a lot of is, and, and they're going to explore this is Russell Wilson. And, and that makes a lot of people cringe and it's very cringe worthy. If you think about it, but when you look at the contract that he signed with Denver and they owe him that money, like when they release him, which they are going to release him, they owe him that money. So unless he says, Hey, yeah, don't worry about it guys. He's going to say F you Denver. Like you owe me every penny of that contract. He could then technically sign an, like an incentive laden contract with a veteran minimum attached to it. It might look good from a numerical standpoint, but is that a fit? Is, is If it fits financially for the Steelers, I wouldn't hate it. I would much rather that than I would Kirk Cousins with, what'd you say, Alan, 90 million or something like that? That's absurd mm-hmm. for a guy that's coming off of a ruptured Achilles tendon. Let's not forget that and he's not getting any younger. Kenny Pickett's not going anywhere. As many as the, the Pitt haters and the Kenny Pickett haters out there just wish that he would just go away and uh, ride off into the sunset. He'll be back. I don't think Mason Rudolph comes back. I don't know what it is. Neither I don't think the Steelers either. value him enough that they're going to pay him. I often wonder if there's another team that's going to pay him. People forget he was on the market all last offseason and no one even no one even wanted him. And then he comes back as a QB3. I could honestly see the Steelers, if I'm trying to predict, I think it's Kenny Pickett. I think it's a journeyman free agent or a Ryan Tannehill type. And then I think they might take a flyer on a mid-round pick at quarterback in in which case it's status quo for 2024 unfortunately that's what i think that's my prediction that's uh, well it's the same as we've discussed several times on here like it's 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 boring it's not as much splash to say at all they're gonna trade for justin fields or you mentioned russell wilson but that is actually the exact scenario that i've laid out is kenny pickett ryan Tannehill, mid-round pick whether it's like a michael pratt out of two lane uh maybe like a jordan travis who's gonna fall because of his injury obviously spencer rattler I- i'm curious if he did enough at the senior bowl to maybe get into that like round three-ish where he might not be on the steelers radar because they don't want to do that until like round four i don't know be interesting to see yeah, Jeff, we're talking about taking big swings here, and I want to transition to what you have going on. I think you're a guy Absolutely. in this industry that has taken a big swing recently. If you're not familiar with where uh, Jeff has been, Jeff was with uh, Behind the Steel Curtain for, oh, man, it's it had to be a long time. I, I don't know yeah. the number off the top of my head, but it was a while. And mm-hmm. uh, you decided that you were going to go in a different direction recently. Tell us about that and your new thing, Fans First Sports Network, and, and how it's going. Yeah, so uh... – Long story short, was with SB Nation for about eight plus years, and it was in my ninth year. We had started our own podcast platform at Behind the Steel Curtain. Uh, we had built the largest Steelers podcast there on all the networks at SB Nation, and we were told that they're cutting podcasts, that they're no longer going to have any podcasts. And so they kept a select few, which didn't make sense why we de- we got cut. Nonetheless, we said, okay, we built this audience. We're going to go somewhere. We're not just going to stop. And uh, we decided a lot of those podcasts that were released to band together to create a company. We had a, as I call them, the financial quarterback step up and help with that side of things. And uh, Fans First Sports Network was created. And uh, we still have, we rebranded as the Steel Curtain Network. We have our own website at steelcurtainnetwork.com. A lot of the writers that were there at, behind the Steel Curtain came over with us. And, and, and that's tough sledding. You know what it's like building a website. It's difficult, but still we're plugging away there. We have a lot of good uh, written content at fansforsports.com. We continue to recruit all these different podcasts from different sports. They cover teams. They cover leagues. All of that. There. And uh, yeah, it's exciting. And we're actually starting to branch out into some new realms. Like I'm, I'm creating a golf podcast network. I'm a huge golfer. And so uh, we actually are building that now. It started in February 1. We have about eight podcasts already on that network. We're looking to build and grow that out even more. So some big things ahead at Fans First. But yeah, I left my full-time job as a 
as an educator for six from 16 years, I taught uh, at the middle school level physical education. So it wasn't that big a deal, but still uh, for 16 years, I taught. And uh, when this opportunity came up, I said, I'm going to take it. So it's my full-time job. Now I run fans for sports network and obviously we're our expansion into other realms. I'm, I'm orchestrating that as well. So it's exciting, man. It's, it was a leap of faith, but it's been fun. If you are not aware, if you watch or if you listen to this show on a podcasting platform, yes. that happens through the Fan First Sports Network. We are Correct. distributed by them and and connected to them, and uh, we really appreciate the relationship. It's been great. I know lots of other uh, podcasts have the same um, arrangement, and it's really been awesome uh, working with with Jeff and the gang over there. And really excited to keep doing it. Uh, it's been a lot of fun so far too. I think. I think you have that uh, the right mindset that someone needs to have to take that big risk and say, I'm going on my own. Obviously, you know, things weren't going the way you wanted to with, with SB Nation, but there's security in a place that has been um, you've been there somewhere for that long. What's uh, what were some of those conversations like internally, externally? How, how do you uh, get to a place where you're like, all right, I'm doing it? Well, it's funny because I, I, you know this. Uh, I don't know if, if Zach knows this, but I did leave behind the steel curtain at one point for like a, a two month stint and went to another uh, organization. We'll put it that way, not to name names. And uh, Alan used to work there as well. And it's I was just one of the long list of people that came and went in that organization. Uh, but still, nonetheless, uh, I was I, I missed it and I came back. But then I don't know. There's something about creating something on your own. You know, it's not someone else's child at your own. And so mm -hmm. when I had the opportunity, the, the internal conversations in terms of with my wife were <laughs> make sure we have insurance, make sure we have the, the funds to, to live comfortably. And once those were met, uh, I, I was like, you know what? Safe, safe is safe. And my, my parents and my family were like, Oh my gosh, you're going to leave teaching and you're going to leave your pensions. Like, yeah, but I can't do this for another 14 years to even get to the point where I can talk about retiring. And I talk to a lot of teachers will probably tell you that. So I said, Hey, it's an opportunity. I'm going to seize it. I'm going to take it. I'm going to run with it. If it fails, I'll go work at Lowe's before I go back to teaching. But still, uh, yeah, it, it was, it wasn't that tough of a decision. Once we crossed out, checked a lot of box off the to-do list. I have two questions. One, you mentioned the golf stuff. Can we get yeah. a Jim Nance golf podcast in the future? Um, on a more serious him, note to have his own <laughs> podcast. I'd love to have yes. Jim Nance on my golf. Yes. <laughs> on a more serious note, um, obviously, you know, every most people love sports. Everybody loves talking about them and stuff. But in terms of as somebody else that also obviously does podcasting for sports, mm -hmm. what was the inspiration to get into the podcasting and writing? Like, when did that when does that go back to and how did you end up starting to get into it? Well, I, uh, that, that goes back all to like 2011, 2010. I started writing just for free, like a blogger, a blog spot. And, and anyone who's old enough remembers blog spot, which was uh, Gmail, mm -hmm. Google. Us, like us old internet veterans. <laughs> yes. I've, he I've my, heard stories of it. <laughs> I had a blog spot page called the Black and Gold Blitz. I covered all three Pittsburgh teams and I loved it. I just wrote about whatever I wanted to and really only my close family read it and uh, started doing a podcast and my only, only my close family listened to it. And eventually my wife said, you're going to spend all this time. You might as well get paid for it. So I started looking around the internet and there was a company called Rant Sports. I think they still exist, actually. Went to Rant Sports, started. I said, hey, I'd like to cover the Steelers for you. They looked at some samples. Yes, but it was a pay-per-view type deal. Mm -hmm. The most I ever made in an entire month was $6. I said, this sucks. So I need to go somewhere <laughs> where I can actually make some more money and get something for the work that I'm actually putting in. 
So I reached out to Neil Coolong, who was then the editor at Behind the Steel Curtain. He brought me on as a volunteer, worked my tail off, eventually made like piddlings. He moved on to USA Today and started the Steelers Wire, and now he's with their breaking news department. And I took over as the editor of Behind the Steel Curtain, and that's kind of where we got. But the whole time, I kept podcasting. And we got our own platform, our own YouTube channel before SB Nation even had a podcast. So uh, I, I just love it. I've always loved sports radio. Dan Patrick was who got me into this. I mm. remember listening to him on ESPN radio. I used to love Colin Cowherd before he went off the deep end when he was on ESPN. Scott Van Pelt, my favorite all time though, and people will hate him, but I love him, is Christopher Mad Dog Russo because of the way that he interacts and when he gets on rants, it's hysterical, and he has a captivating way of keeping – he's by himself. Not everyone can do that. He's by himself for like three hours, and he makes it entertaining. That's kind of how I got into all this stuff, and, and I just love it. And the fact that it's my job now, sometimes I still have to pinch myself, uh, but it, it is a blast. It's, an, it's an absolute blast. I love it. That's Jeff, awesome. I know you got to get out of here. Uh, why don't you tell everyone where they can find all of your stuff, and then sure. uh, maybe Smitty and I will wrap things up here. Yeah, so you can find me at steelcurtainnetwork.com. You can find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. I put out all my links for golf podcasts, Steelers podcasts. I do NFL-based podcasts with fans for Sports Network's NFL feed. Uh, you can check all that out there. Uh, and if you want to check out my feed, go to Steel Curtain Network. Anywhere you get your podcast, you'll find us. My podcast, I do every Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning. Alan's been on that show several times. Let's Ride podcast is a lot of fun. Uh, you can check out a Monday morning conversation that ran this morning with Rory Countryman talking all about Steelers team needs, all the recruit, like the, the scouting department stuff. It's a blast. I love it. It was a great conversation. So you can check that out there. There we go. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. Thanks for Ryan shotgun with us on this episode. Thanks Jeff. For having uh, me, be sure to follow him, like subscribe, go, go check out all of Jeff's stuff. Very good stuff over there. Uh, but yeah, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thanks guys. See you later. Good so stuff we got, from we Jeff Hart. Five minutes left here. That was awesome, yeah. by the way. I'm really enjoying uh, this. And oh, we have we have new news of, of upcoming guests. Should we tease very quickly? Uh, sure. We have coming up. Oh yeah, you you know the you know the drill. Don't actually tell them. Don't make okay. it too obvious to tease. But um, the last time I saw the next guest, they were wearing head to toe hot pink. There you go. Dang, we're having Chris Carter on again. <laughs> that's uh, uh that's my tease for tuesday's guest smitty we got five minutes here so yeah. i want to talk about quarterbacks because like you know it just seems inevitable but we had like some news that dropped uh both over the weekend and then again mm -hmm. yesterday which to me was not uh to steal uh, the kelsey brothers phrase was not new news uh but is is sort of what we've been saying all along but i feel like we've got to at least talk about it right so uh, there was a report from a bunch of NFL Network guys that came out Sunday morning that said, uh, you know, the Steelers don't expect Mason Rudolph to return, that they're likely targeting Ryan Tannehill. And then there was some more speculation kind of talk today. Uh, I guess rap was on Pat McAfee. Was that right? And uh, uh, Schefter. Schefter. Oh, Schefter. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and was talking about how Mike Tomlin loves Justin Fields and also mm -hmm. sort of uh, spitballed uh, maybe a Russell Wilson connection uh and and some others as well are you are you like to me like none of this was news or anything unexpected 
no. it's sort of been like what we've been talking about for a solid month now. Was there anything in yeah. all of that though that stuck out to you as like a huh, okay, a- any of it? No, no, but yes. And okay. the reason I say that is because for three, all three of the guys at the NFL Network, Tom Pelissero, Ian Rappaport, and Mike Garofalo, to all three put out the exact same thing regarding Ryan Tannehill and all three say Mason Rudolph not expected back. Like for them to be collaborating on this report, they got to have different sources, different people that are telling them that exact same thing. And like, okay, the Mason Rudolph thing is one thing, but like Ryan Tannehill is going into unrestricted free agency. There are 32 teams that theoretically could target him. And for them to just identify him as the guy that Pittsburgh is targeting. I, I think that that says a lot. Yeah, so let me peel back the curtain here about journalism a little bit. Like, so Smitty and I, if we let's say uh, Pat Pat Farmuth is going to request a trade, right? And he happens mm-hmm. to text me and Smitty consecutively, "Hey, I'm demanding a trade from the Steelers." Well, if he texts me first, and then Smitty and I get together and we realize that he texted both of us, I'm going to put that story out with my name on it because I had it first, right? But amongst the guys at our company, right? But if yeah. if Pat Farmuth texts me and then his agent texts you, and then Omar Khan texts Nick Fairbond says, hey, looks like Pat's uh, trying to get out of here. Then that would be something we'd put all our names on it, right? Because we're hearing it from different places, different sources. And so when you see something like that where it's like three NF, and especially, like, I mean, Shifter's pretty infallible, but he does get something wrong occasionally. When was the last time NFL Network had to walk back like a major report? It basically never happens, right? I mean, like, this is... Yeah. If these three guys are saying it, it's pretty much true. And it makes sense. Look, why would Mason Rudolph want to come back? Why would he, first of all, trust the Steelers that they would ever give him another chance unless they absolutely have to? Uh, it seems like they're committed to Kenny Pickett getting a chance to start. Uh, there, there are lots of places where that commitment doesn't exist. I don't know why he would really want to come back to the Steelers. It seems like he'd be di- doing himself a disservice if he doesn't at least test the market and i don't know why the steelers would wait for him to go look around and see what's out there for him if, if rudolph's going to test the market the steelers are going to do what they did when they signed trubisky and sign somebody in the first five minutes because that's what they need to do to take care of their team so like i don't know this is something that we had been thinking talking about saying all along mm-hmm. i guess maybe it does sort of emphasize the point that yeah i don't really think mason rudolph's going to come back and also that ryan Tannehill just obviously makes a ton of sense yeah and and i think for most people like it's i I don't want to discredit obviously you are closer to the team than these three people but like when a national talking head says it i just think like more ears and eyes are going to all of a sudden be like oh like this is legit even though people that are closer to the team have been speculating and saying this the entire time yeah yeah i don't i don't take offense to that uh I'm wrong sometimes. I'm, I'm yeah. Well, and, and with the Schefter thing, it's funny too, like, because you had said, I don't remember what episode it was last week about, you know, Mike Tomlin and Justin oh, Fields. We had and Chris Carter on. Say, I was just like, yeah, if you gave Mike Tomlin, so that was Friday. Yeah. If, you, if you gave Mike Tomlin, like, hey, here, Mike, do whatever the heck you want. Justin Fields is a stealer in like eight hours. Tops. Yeah. He loves Justin Fields. I just don't see it happening. I don't see yeah. Omar giving up that first round. First round pick? Come on. No, they're not doing that. They're not doing that. Get out of here. Yeah. I, I saw somebody else bring up, um, you know, would they be willing to trade the first round pick if you got like, if it was Fields and a second or something like that, or like pick 75 or whatever they have somewhere. I'm not down. even sure I would be okay with like a second and a third, like just a second. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I. 
It just doesn't make sense. Like we talked about with Jeff, they need too much other stuff right now. They are not yet the quarterback away that would justify that kind of trade. If they got to this point next year, after, like I said, sign a corner, draft a tackle, draft a center, you know, have another great draft. Yeah, then you're a quarterback away. Then it doesn't matter. Then you trade your first and your second round draft pick. Who cares? Go get one. But I, and, and the other thing is like, Justin Fields is no sure thing. Not that any of these guys are, but like, I don't know. It doesn't, it, it doesn't feel like it's worth that investment. And I, I needs know. a new deal soon. Yeah. And it's not going to be cheap. It would be one thing. Like if you draft a quarterback, if you spend all those, if you trade two or three picks to move up into the first round and draft your quarterback, as long as he's not awful, you at least get a cheap quarterback for five years, right? Like you, you at least get, get a salary cap benefit from that move. You trade Justin Fields, you owe him money in 2025. Like you're getting one year of a cheap quarterback and you have to decide now whether you're going to give him that money. So it, it's just a bad situation. I think it doesn't make sense, even though the Steelers mm -hmm. absolutely would love to have Justin Fields or a quarterback like Justin Fields, but even specifically him. Like I know Mike Tomlin likes him. And, you know, it just – it just doesn't – that desire to have the player doesn't override the thought process of the organization. Can I know it can happen in other leagues. Can the condition of a pick – and the Chicago wouldn't go for this because they're to have better offers than this anyway. But can the condition of a pick be upon a player re-signing, like signing a new contract? Yes. yes. Okay. Because Chicago wouldn't go for this, but, like, I would do a 2025-3 that would turn into a 2 if he re-signed. Yes, yes. But they if I'm the Steelers, right if I'm the Steelers, no trade unless I can talk to Fields, negotiate mm. a contract, and have a contract negotiation handshake agreed to before the trade. I, there's no chance that anyone, let's just the Steelers, anyone who trades with Justin Fields is going to want to talk to him, know what his contract demands are, and have a handshake deal on some kind of contract extension, whether it's picking up the option or whether it's tearing it up and signing an extension or what have you, nobody is trading for Justin Fields without that. I, nobody. Yeah, no, that's fair. I honestly, that thought didn't enter my mind. I was just thinking of the condition, but yeah. you're, you're right. Yeah, I, I can't. I, I like, It'd be crazy to trade for Justin Fields, not have any idea what he wants, and then not want to <laughs> give it to him in a year and then lose him. Like what? Yeah, that's, that's, that's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Alan, uh, tell the people they can find you. At A Saunders underscore PGH, PGH Steelers Now, SteelersNow.com. Uh, like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got more draft videos coming up. Uh, we're really hitting those hard now that the season is over. And um, be back with more tomorrow. And more people on the show coming up in the near future. Oh, yeah, we got as well. Yeah, most of the week booked already, I think. Tuesday, Wednesday. Is Thursday booked too? Now I'm forgetting. I need a list. <laughs> either way you will see some of your favorite people very soon riding shotgun on afternoon drive i'm zachary smith pgh like subscribe hit that notification bell here hit us in the comments with your thoughts on what we talked about today uh any questions for future shows leave us a five-star review if you're listening to apple spotify wherever you get those from again big shout out to jeff hartman riding shotgun on today's episode go check out his stuff but for alan saunders and myself thanks for jumping in take another ride with us on the steelers afternoon drive 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.